I've shared with you all in the past that I have a challenging relationship with time. In fact, when I first confessed that in a sermon several years ago, it was actually All Saints Day in 2018, if anyone can remember 2018, several of you remarked that you felt both seen and hopeful by what I had read, this assertion that we late people are simply suffering from bouts of optimism. Of course, we can do one more thing before we go. That won't make us late. So the very next day, that Monday, I went into my office right after preaching that sermon and found that my clock had fallen off the wall, the glass had shattered, and the battery had popped out so that literally time had stopped. As you can imagine, I was stunned and not just a little spooked. And then I remembered that we had just fallen back, and so I had changed my clock in anticipation of that. And apparently I hadn't done a very good job rehanging my clock. So I discovered I am not only time challenged, but I'm not very handy. <laughs> I think this inability, I'm gonna go with more positive spin here, folks. This inability to hold time tightly actually helps me live into my life as a Christian. As Christians, we must embrace God's kairos time rather than the world's chronos time. As Christians, we live in a space where time is slippery and intangible as that incense. As Christians, we accept that we live simultaneously in a world of now and not yet a collision of all that was and is and is yet to come. As Neil Alexander described it when he was with us a few weeks ago, our present is animated by all that has been and all that will be. We Christians have to hold time lightly. We repeat the liturgical cycles and seasons each year, and we are constantly reliving the stories of our faith. But each year, we are living them through the lens of our present moment and current experience. Sometimes we bury the dead one day, and we celebrate baptisms the next. Again and again, inverting logical time and sequence. In our life of faith, more than any other place in our lives, we are asked to suspend our need for the linear and chronological march of time. And so here we are, starting a new year at the end of November, not on January 1st, starting a new journey with Luke for the next 12 months. And where do we start on this first Sunday of Advent? 
not with the angel's visit to Mary, announcing her choice as God-bearer, not with Mary and Elizabeth meeting and having the babies within their growing bellies leap in recognition of one another. Nope. We start this season leading to the birth of the Christ child with a gospel lesson from nearly the end of Luke and some pretty scary images of end times. It's understandable if you would come to church at this time of year and expect to hear stories of the coming of a helpless baby who is to be born in a stable weeks from now. But instead, by contrast, we hear this morning of the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and glory. And we'll spend the next few weeks of Advent, next couple of weeks, with John the Baptist shouting about repentance in the wilderness. And all of that happens before today's reading, before Jesus' adult ministry begins. It's not until the final Sunday of Advent that we will hear of Mary and Elizabeth and the stirring words of the Magnificat. Advent tells us the story backwards. Doesn't it sort of feel like those lectionary folks got together and they said, so do we give them the good news or the bad news first? <laughs> and by committee, they decided the bad news. Advent reminds us that time for Christians is not linear. As one commentator so aptly observed, the end precedes its beginning just as the beginning unfurls with the end already in sight. How's that for a riddle? So I wonder sometimes when I hear Episcopalians, you good people out here, talk about how much you love Advent, do you really? Do you love these grim warnings of distress among nations, the fainting from fear and foreboding? Do you love the admonitions to be on guard, be alert, and in the weeks to come to repent? Do you really love Advent? I think I really love Advent. I'm not sure I'm a fan of these dire warnings, but I think I like what the warnings stir up in me. For I'm reminded that when Christmas does finally arrive, it's about so much more than an innocent baby. I'm reminded that as I hear the story of that baby, I am hearing it already knowing about that baby's future on a cross. I'm reminded that the story of my faith is expressed through time where everything is present at once, past, present, and future. We are even more acutely aware of this suspended time after these past two years, aren't we? Time has felt like it means nothing. I struggle to locate myself or events on a clear timeline from March 2020 until now. The past two years 
have been an object lesson in holding time loosely. So how will you spend this Advent season? Is it Advent really or is it just pre-Christmas? Or is it when we actively engage with the whole story of our faith, even the bits that make us uncomfortable, the bits that talk of being prepared and getting ourselves right with God, the bits that remind us of what withstands the vagaries of Kronos time. Heaven and earth will pass away. Jesus reminds us, but my words will not pass away. The hope and the promise of another journey through Advent is that no matter what comes, distress, confusion, fear, foreboding, a pandemic, God endures. The story of our faith endures. The past, the present, and the future are all present at once as we journey together to Bethlehem. Amen.